Hello and welcome to the TikTok Whovians podcast. This is a watch along special. Woo! And I'm joined today by. Anybody want to go first? I'm Lauren. I am t- Time Lady Two Time Cosplay on TikTok. And I'm and I'm Zach on TikTok. I'm known as Zach JR Grand Guru ninety eight. Um, I'm Ben. I'm known on TikTok as Bones four nine one eight. Um, I'm Adam. Um, I I do have TikTok, but I don't really use it that much. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We're not going to shoot you, babes. Don't worry about that. <laughs> So today we watched the first episode of An Unearthly Child, which is obviously the first story ever of Doctor Who, essentially. Zach, can you give like a brief description as to what this story is about? Okay, two school teachers in two school teachers in high school in Shoreditch, they they think one of their students is behaving a bit weirdly, so they st- so they stalk her on her way home only to discover her only to discover her grandfather who kidnaps them and they go on adventures from there on out. <laughs> I love how I love how that was put. <laughs> best, best way to describe it. Straight. We realized this time that it was basically uh, is a bit dodgy looking back. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how you covered like, yes. all the really horrible things we said when we were watching it. <laughs> it, it, it was the 60s, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, but wait, wait, wait till we rewatch Dalek's master plan, you know, and try and get past all the races. That's only one episode. Most, we was just mostly taking the mick out of Callum for acting. <laughs> she keeps looking at the camera. Mm. This is true. I say, I think, I think the problem with it just doesn't. It doesn't look like she has. She's been given an eyeline at all. She doesn't seem to be looking at anything directly other than a camera lens. I don't know whether that was done deliberately. See, this is the thing, it might have been done deliberately, like, she might have been directed to do it that way. We yeah, don't it, know. it does give off that, like, sort of disconcerting, almost, like, off-putting look. Maybe it does enhance the fact that Susan's supposed to be weird. Um, and it definitely True. does do that, because you do feel very uncomfortable when she just looks straight at you. <laughs> Warris Hussein is still alive. If if we ever get the opportunity, we should ask him if that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd actually be very interested to ask that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was an intentional thing. Because they're trying to bring us into the world of Doctor Who in that episode, aren't they? And we're seeing it through Susan's True. eyes, so we're going to be seeing it as a little bit weird and disconcerting because that's maybe how she sees it. Like, the the school? The... I think I think we're more, we're more seeing it through Ian and Barbara's eyes because it... it... It's Susan who's off-putting, not Susan who's off-put. So mm. maybe it is more that. I do think. I do think that maybe, like Lauren said, it's it's not so much seeing it through her eyes. It's seeing that she's different to everybody yeah. else. Yeah. She's the alien in the room, literally. Mm-hmm. When she's bringing up history, when when it comes to when and what we did see in the episode as well, what Ian and what particularly attracted Ian and Barbara or what made them worry was they were set was that she was so that she knew so much about science she was her knowledge on science was really advanced yet on basic history she seemed very confused and such basic history or basic or basic general knowledge she seemed really confused yeah she seems she seems to have this like superiority complex when it comes to history because she's like that's not how it happened which, which sort of implies that 
like, the Doctor and her have been on adventures for a while, maybe, at this stage. Uh, Retroactively as well. Retroactively as well, because she claims here she invented the name TARDIS, yet every time one ever calls, yeah. it, calls them TARDISes. Yeah, I, I do find that, as much as I obviously love it, I do find that in that first episode, you, you don't see what we then learn Doctor Who is, and the Doctor is. We do see a very cocky, very I am different from both of them. And it's, it's endearing. But I do well. feel like that's kind of. Yeah. I do feel like that's kind of because they didn't really know where they were go. They were just making this pilot and they didn't really know where they were going yeah. with it. I, I'm not sure they didn't sense? know how much of it they were going to be making. They, they, had the, they had the budget for one serial at this point. And the, the True. fact that they got. Which is why the TARDIS looks yeah. like it's made out of cardboard. Because it most likely was. <laughs> um, so with the whole alien thing and Susan standing out, the one thing I do love is the decimal the decimal system thing. Yeah. Because obviously this was shot in 1963, right? Mm. And I'm yeah. sure the decimal system didn't come in until the 70s. So that's hindsight. Like they've essentially predicted, they essentially predicted the future when it came to, like pounds, shilling, pence, and all that jargon, which I have no clue about. But still interesting. Hindsight. Well, that's the definition of sci-fi, though, isn't it? They were trying to do a sci-fi show, and the whole thing of sci-fi. Well, I mean, I know this is a bit off subject, but like. With Star Trek, they had the flip phones and video calls, and now then we had flip phones and video calls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tablets. You know, they, they look at they look at it and they kind of go, "What is completely different and you know futuristic?" And I guess in that episode, like you said, the decimal point, I didn't think of that. You know. <laughs> it only it only hit, it only hit me the other day because so my mum was born in 1960 mm. on the dot. Okay, and she had to learn while she was at school. She had to learn tran- the transfer from pound, shilling, and pence to what we have now. Yeah. So she was in school during this transition, which means that it was definitely after 1963. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Wow. Well, I know the the old pound coin that we. I hope we all recognise, because otherwise that. Uh... That's really showing our ages, isn't it? We're not like. I'm the youngest person here. I'm really hoping everyone knows what I'm talking about. But like the old point. Sorry, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) The the old point coin was only around from 1981, I think. We mean we're not we're not using galactic credits now. No. Not quite yet. (laughs) Okay. Credits won't do fine. No, they won't. I love the fact that this is a sci-fi podcast. We've covered Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek. So, um, I'm trying to think of other gal- I'm trying to think of other sci-fi shows. Oh, we'll shoehorn them in there somewhere. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I, I oh, think from, from the very start, they kind of got the ball rolling on. Even though they didn't know what direction they were going in because it was a pilot, they're very much... They were... The producers were both... Unsure and sure if that makes sense of what they wanted. They weren't well, sure I, if they could pull it off, but they knew they wanted, like you, like they said, the father time kind of thing. And you do, I think, from the very first episode, even though he has that cockiness, he ha- he has a quality that endears you to him. 
Yeah. Well, as well, we watched. We watched essentially. We didn't we watch the pilot. Two. Pilot. We watched the. Re- mm. Yeah, we watched take two of the pilot. Um, because I know, like in the original pilot, like that forty-second century yeah. line that yeah. Susan says, and little things like her outfits completely different in the redo, yeah. uh, which is a really good mm-hmm. decision. Um, and like uh, they say in. Um, adventure in time and space. The it's fact too that the doctor's got the twinkle, and the doctor has always had that twinkle. <laughs> Even when you look at Peter Capaldi and uh, Peter Davison, they've always got. Even if it's that slightest serious situation, they've always got that cocky. Yeah. twinkle yeah. in yeah. their eye that yeah like, I'm the doctor it's not necessarily right? my favourite story but like in the forest of the night has Peter Capaldi interacting with children and he's got he's got that twinkle in those scenes well even little things when he was the janitor and the kid knocked on the door and she's like oh the sign says keep out and she's Good. like no the sign says keep out humans or something doesn't and it there's <laughs> also, and there's also this is this isn't Peter Capaldi Sylvester, even Sylvester McCoy in time, in time in the in time in the Rani, the scene where he's trying all the different outfits, the I twinkle is there. The, the clown, the clownish twinkle is right there. Mm. Well, I love. I that. do like that. Do you know what? I do. Do you know what annoys me with that outfit scene? Yeah. What annoys me with that outfit scene is when Sylvester comes out with his, like his outfit. He's tucked his jumper in, and it irritates me well, throughout the whole. He's wearing the braces over the jumper. It, it's no. yeah. It's he doesn't really do doesn't really do that again, does he? No, he never does that again. I mean, because really it was uncomfortable. That's a whole different thing, as isn't mo- it? Talking about the costume yeah. being a doctor. As much it's, as I, oh God. as much as I love that scene, I just hate time and around it. Oh I no, it's awful. Damn it! But <laughs> Sylvester McCoy is great in it, though. But I think the thing with Time with the Rani is they didn't, with a lot of Doctors, like, original episodes, they don't really know what that Doctor wants to achieve, so they didn't really know no, what they I, were I writing they... for. Which is probably which is probably another, re- another issue they obviously had with writing the Doctor yeah. originally, hence the whole redo of the script, adding in the, the twinkle. The only time they ever you know? knew yeah. who the Doctor was going to be in his first story was Spearhead from Space, and that's because the jump to the Purple Era is huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it again. It took them two oh, goes yeah. of it with Hartnell. Like it, it took them a while to get it right. But even, but even that. See, this is where I think they. I think this is where they went. They um, made a very good plan with Peter Davison because obviously, they didn't shoot his first episode first. Yeah. They shot four to Doomsday first. Yeah, they did. So by the time, so by the time it got round to doing Castrovalva, Peter kind of already knew where he wanted his doctor to go and how he wanted his yeah, doctor to present himself. himself. Yeah. They also did that with They also did that with Christopher Eccleston. The first one the first one they actually the first story they actually recorded in the new series was Aliens of London World War Three and yeah. with that hindsight with that hindsight it gave it gave him it gave all the actors, Chris Rex and Billy Piper, I mean, that, a good opportunity to establish they, the characters. Didn't they did Rose being a nightmare to shoot. Because the the yeah. was apparently awful and it with time management. Nonetheless, characterization. Yeah, they um, they are so. I, I know they did with Matt Smith. Uh, I know the film did uh, the Angel yeah, Two Path first. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. The Eleventh Hour yeah. is a really good introductory story as well. It seems like it the, really is. The, the good introductory mm. stories are the ones where they've shot a few 
beforehand, further into the arc of those characters. I say, I do think, because obviously JNT was the first to do it, and I do think that's one decision mm. that he made well. Other decisions, not quite so much, but that 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 decision definitely well. And you got to think as well with Chris when he became the Doctor, it, it was essentially starting all over again because obviously a lot of people, for example, yeah. like Ben, there's a baby here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby, two right? years old. Um, well, this is the thing. The world. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first episode was End of the World. I remember it really vividly. Wow. Oh. Really? Oh. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though. It spans across so many generations, and it yeah. is because of that very first episode. Because if we didn't have, you know, Unearthly Child, we wouldn't have got uh, Rose, and we wouldn't then have, you know, all the Doctors we've had since. We wouldn't have the Christmas special that's coming up. And even though I know people have ups yeah. and downs for Doctor Who, I think fundamentally it has a charm a charm and a quality that makes you kind of go oh yeah. i love this show and yeah. i'm always gonna love it it's something and, and so I, beautiful. I also like the fact everyone has that era um, they can go back to yeah definitely. like as much as much as uh hartnell did such a great job portraying the doctor I think we got a we got a lot to thank Patrick Troughton for because he carried it 100%. on. Yeah, yeah. But, but even then, Definitely. I'd like I like to say this: the first Doctor's it, the first Doctor as a character as, as a whole, his whole era forms forms a whole forms a whole complete character arc. Like we see, you saw in an unearthly child, he's he's more grumpy, a bit more a bit more grumpy, a bit more distant, a bit more abrasive, a bit more condescending. But as he goes, but as he goes on, he gradually becomes more more he, gentle even, and father like. Even at the end of the second season, the final story of that I believe is my favorite first Doctor story, the Time Meddler. He's so different in that. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's more—he's a lot fun. He's a lot funnier there. Yeah. He's—he's he's much more engaging as a character it, in those scenes than I think he, he ever was beforehand. It went for Ian. I think. In, in, it does make—it does make you think, like you're saying about the whole Pat thing. Because if it wasn't for Pat stepping in, Doctor Who yeah. would finished there and then. Let's face it, Pat. Yeah. Pat yeah. is the reason. Pat is the reason why the series is yeah. still running. He initially was just he initially was go, initially what approached it as the carbon copy of William Hartnell. Well, then Sidney Newman stepped in and said, told him that he that it might be better to portray him as a bit more of a space hobo thing, and the rest yeah. is history. And that's probably the best decision they made. I love that. I love space, that line. Space hobo. I... <laughs> that's yeah. what he is. <laughs> Yeah, but if you hear the nightmare that was with his boyfriend, the second Doctor, like they went through loads of actors, they were going to, you know, maybe blackface was an option. Like so oh, many yes. really terrible ideas, and the fact that they hit the right one with Pat is, is, is really, really something to to look at and just look back on now. Yeah, because because every Doctor, I think that there's a certain level of scripting that goes in. To these into the doctor as a character every time but uh, the actors always bring a slightly different charm to the character what do you lot think of like obviously i know we're just talking about an unearthly child but what do you guys think of ian and barbara and susan as companions i like I them think they're brilliant. i mean um, i think i think ian is just basically just amazing for gifts and uh <laughs> Uh, the the um, what oh god what was it now the um, you know the thing with uh, when he when he kept on doing uh, we made it London 1965 end end of the chase yeah it's it also I don't like it's it also 
quite interesting to think as well that initially Doc Two was perceived as being as being semi-educational by having our yep. first companions be a science teacher and a, and a history teacher. I think Susan's another story. And I, I, this, this is where I'm going to jump in and give my, my thoughts yes. on, on the one. And I'll start with Susan because she's the she's the, the off-putting one. She doesn't quite work. And that's because she doesn't serve mm. the typical mm. companion role. The, the, the companion's role broken down is just exposition. That's the point of the companion, uh, realistically. And Susan doesn't need the exposition because she's already in on it. So when we're getting a scene and the Doctor's explaining something to Ian and Barbara, or Ian and Barbara are explaining something to, or are supposed to be explaining something to their student, it doesn't quite work because Susan already knows this. She's, well, in the original script, she was from the future, but she's from another world. She's time-traveled. She doesn't actually need to learn all that much in terms of actual knowledge. It's about life experience, and the scripts don't seem to reflect that. I'd argue that... I think maybe, I think maybe it would have worked better if maybe they'd had Susan have a friend as well, yeah. like a younger, a younger friend. So then she could be like, oh, this is this and this is this, rather than they, because they were using Susan as their means to teach, yeah. but yeah. she didn't need yeah. to know it. That would be a good idea. Which Susan having her own friend. Yeah. But I think that would that would have circumvented the need for Ian and Barbara then, and that they're. they're better character I, overall because I'd, Caroline Ford was li essentially lied to on the job description told she was going to do all these things as the character geez. and it just never materialised. Mm. Her, her, her direct replacement her direct replacement Maureen O'Brien as Vicky is pretty much Susan done right. Yeah yeah I, I really like Vicky as a character. Although you say this about Susan I do like her um, yeah. last yeah. story. I do think that's it's done just I think, right. I think like a lot of companion love stories and, okay. well, the, but this but i but out of all the it you see the because it's quite a long episode you do see the twinkle yeah. between her and david and i do it, it's not like it's not like when leela leaves and it's just out of the blue Leela, it kind of makes sense. It. So, so for you me know? with susan I, I find it strange because as an autistic woman when I was growing up and I watched it, I kind of, I kind of looked at it and was like, it's almost like they're trying to make her that different. Like, you know, when you're sat in school, I don't know if anyone else feels the same way about it, but she she's played slightly autistically without it being an obvious autistic trait. Yeah, I know, because she's I know, so I know different. Yeah, the, I get it. I get what you to, mean. To everyone, and I found that I found that endearing, but I I think that was because I saw some of the similarities of when like I was in school and I was growing up because I saw the world as different. And looking at that episode and seeing Susan look at the other people, like, well, no, you don't understand. It I don't know. It, <laughs> that's what made me fall in love with the show more. I don't necessarily think the writing was the best, and they could have done it differently. But there are. Because of what we had, that was endearing. The way the way it was played to me as an autistic person. Does that make any sense? Yes, yes it does. <laughs> no, it does. Yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> what about um, I say? What about Barbara? Uh, How do people feel I about her? She get yeah, she's all right. She gets really good. She gets really good episodes, like I mentioned that already. The Az the Aztecs, but she's uh, fine. 
I, I think her chemistry with um with Vader yeah. is really good. Yeah, they, they have great chemistry. Yeah. Like in that scene in the car, you know, they they just bounce off each other yeah. really naturally. Yeah, they, they seem the very comfortable of, together, yeah, don't they? Of, of the series. I will say though, like obviously, I don't know through like big finish and all that stuff, but Barbara alone, I don't feel is a very very strong character. Yeah. Whereas you could quite happily pick up Ian and bump him in a room, yeah, and he could carry the scene. Story up, but Barbara on her own, it would have just been dead to the water kind of thing. <laughs> I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Then again, no she did carry. She did carry as. Then again, she did carry the Aztecs, the Aztecs pretty well, but I think it's because but, she was bouncing off the Doctor there. That's because nothing else really goes on in the Aztecs. Like, yeah. it's just Barbara's story, and the rest of the characters are just there. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing with Susan? Oh, she's getting married. Uh, there's, oh, and there's, plen <laughs> and there's plenty of looking into the camera there. <laughs> Not from Susan, from that, some, some random guys. <laughs> what's, the, what, what's the Doctor doing? Oh, he's getting married too. <laughs> Meanwhile. I can honestly say, I can honestly say, I've never oh, watched it Aztecs. Is, it's worth it. I it's might have to it. go back and watch it. It is a good story. Yeah, I might it, add it to my list. Because I don't, I, I'm, I watched right. So I watched um, Daleks, um, Daleks yeah, Invasion of Earth. Man. That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Or am I thinking of the movie? Yeah, I watched that purely for research because of my character Pip Goodwill on my RPs on TikTok. And I watched that purely for background context for that character. So that just shows you how very recently I watched that episode as well. And I tend to be one of these people that just starts from Pat with Polly and Ben, which is, I know that's really bad to do, but I've got ADHD. And I don't know whether it's because obviously it's old footage, the footage isn't as clear. I really struggle to concentrate Hartnell, on it. Were, like, uh, and they, they developed this uh, as the show went on, but Hartnell went on. For, it, was, it was supposed to go on all year round. So a lot of stories tend to be way longer than they need to be. Like, I love Dalek's Master Plan, but it had no business being arguably 13 episodes. <laughs> it was 12, 12, yeah. 12, epi 12, 12 episodes. Mission of the Unknown is... Oh my the, the god. Half of Dal the latter part of Dalek's Master Plan could have been cut down. Basically everything in Egypt could have been cut out. Yeah, but I love the stuff in Egypt because it's just harrowing. It's just too long. I I still need to finish off Dalek's Master Plan. I only got halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> See, Adam gave up. <laughs> well, I, 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 I understand. The feast of Steve, the feast of Stevens, meant to be meant to be stupid filler, yeah. so you can just ignore that. It, it, I did consider skipping it when I first went with it, and then I was like, no, this is the first Doctor Who Christmas special. I must listen to it. It's meant to be skipped. And the, and there's the myth with the with feast of Stephen as well that William Hartnell wasn't moved to just turn around to the camera. We'll never but, know though because but, the script well, doesn't survive. Supposedly, it was scripted. <laughs> Is that when he yes, says Merry Christmas to the yeah. camera? We'll never know if it was... Now where's that whiskey? We'll never know because that's, they literally made that episode to be skipped because they thought no one would be watching. Yeah. It's like the one episode of Classic Who that, that like doesn't exist and they have a yeah. valid reason for why it doesn't exist. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
when it was. I'm intrigued now. See, as soon as somebody says something like that, I'm like, now I must find out. These when it was facts. when it was sent abroad, they never. When they sent Dalek's Master Plan abroad, they sent every episode except that one. Well, they didn't even air Dalek Master Plan because they only shipped it to Australia, and Australia watched it and went. Oh, we can't put that on TV at that time slot. Like, we're, the Daleks are just mowing down Egyptians. That's not okay. It, it, Dalek Master yeah. Plan is, is worth watching just as an experiment out of... It, it, it's one of the most topical episodes from the First Doctor era. It's, it's a really harsh play on the reality of a Cold War. Yeah. Mm. Mutually assured destruction. But this is got different... But this is back to the whole yeah. teaching through who again, I think isn't it's it? Done essentially, a little better than perhaps other stories, particularly the historicals, where they're just hammering the information into you. This is done through actual metaphor, the way a lot of other art does, and it shows how the, how the show would go on to try and be a bit more nuanced. Well, they they kind of did that with the the, the, um, uh, the episode. Uh, what is it called? Jodie's episode when she talks about that. No, 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 Rosa, 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 Rosa Parks. Demons of the Punjab. Where she's talking about the gas. And she's like, so uh, Ryan, like, you know, but it's it sounds, it's small and it's not important, but you learn that thing in school and then it's been pointed out again in Doctor Who. And I was um, like, oh, I remember what that is. Is it what what episode that is? Um, it's the one where they have to bury their feet in the sand. I feel like such a bad Doctor Who fan. I'm sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember that. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember this too. I haven't gone back to series 12. What else happened in it? What else happened in it? Uh, Is that the one where Jodie rescues the dude from the ocean? Oh, that's Praxius. Mm, let's just say it is. <laughs> you know, I'll add it in the comments on, on, on IndieCases.com. <laughs> This is one thing I. This is one thing like I love a historical episode. I am a massive fan, and obviously it's teaching kids slash us history. The one thing that they have started doing now as well, for some unknown reason, is why does every historical yes, yeah, have to have an alien in it? Well, the, 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 they haven't done regular pure historicals since the Highlanders. Black Orc was the last one they actually did, but the Highlanders was the last exactly. regular one. And Black Orchid doesn't really have any historical information there. It's just... Nobody, nobody <laughs> even needs to acknowledge Black Orchid, do No, that's a lie, that's a lie. I... The only good thing about Black... You know what I'm going to say. What's the good thing about Black Orchid, Lauren? <laughs> oh, I wonder I indeed. Actually... Come on, what's the good thing? I actually... There's two, yeah. there's two Sarah Suttons. I, I, I actually really enjoyed the Black Orchid because when I met when I, I met Peter Davison, I went up to him and I told him that I liked it, and I had no idea later on he hated it. I watched, but I could just picture his yeah, face he just right gave now. Me like a blunt look when I said that to him. Behind the scenes, new massacre. When it comes to his stop, when it when it comes, yeah, when it comes to. Um, Doctor Who historicals with five Peterloo Massacre from Big Finish is astounding. Like even if even if even if you've not heard any Big Finish, if you listen to Peterloo Massacre, that is how a historical should be done in Doctor Who. Mm. I cried. And as well, I'd never I'd never even heard of the Peterloo Massacre because no offence to Northerners, it's a Northern thing. I'm a Londoner, well, that, so I only really know about my London history. Big but... finish the settling, where I, I'm, I'm yeah. from 
Northern Ireland. That's yeah. about Irish history. And I was like, other people who aren't from here will listen to this and learn about this real event and that's horrifying. I, and there's all. I'm I'm Northern, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think are. we're covering all well, grounds here. <laughs> we need a Scott. We need a Scott. Um. <laughs> no, um, no. With the modern stuff, I know you were saying that they haven't really done a purely historical for a while, but there was no, no need for no. aliens in Rosa Parks. There was no need for Demons aliens in. Um, I do like at least the yeah, that serve one. a purpose. Like, the Rosa Parks one, they could have, like, the TARDIS has been acting up weirdly already, like it disappeared. You could have just used that as an explanation for why things are wrong, and you still get that quite harsh and very real ending. Yeah, yeah. you can still tell Without... the true story of it, but you don't have to add a, a, a useless alien. <laughs> that guy was literally... I get, I... I get why, like, sometimes they need it there, like, for, with the, uh, oh, we're doing well here, um, the, the, oh, uh, this is the Inventor Man. Nikola Tesla. Yeah, Nikola Tesla. That, they, they, they've got aliens in that story, it, the aliens yeah. do lead that story along. They're just they, the aliens, they have a purpose, whereas, they, they, they have more of a purpose than, like, oh. The ones yeah, in Ro you know the one in Rosa. They were trying to do in Rosa, but they didn't. It wasn't executed yeah. right, and it would, like it would have been more impactful. And don't get me wrong, I love Rosa. I do think it's a fantastic here at yeah. episode. But you mm. watch it and you're like, you definitely just don't need this. This guy is absolutely pointless. But I feel like they added him, added him in because they wanted to be like, no, racism's still a thing. But yeah. you could do that without adding a bad. Have they traveled to the, to the future? And they did. And they did. You could, yeah, but you could have just had a massive uh, Doctor yeah. Who, like, like a massive yeah, Doctor speech. I think my, my worry with that, my, my worry with that would be uh, they just end up doing the end of Orphan Fifty Five, where the Doctor speech is just hammer in the message. And yeah. I don't, uh, and Chris Chibnall's, That's true. I believe Chris Chibnall's name. I know Mallory Blackman. Help w w worked on Rosa, and, but I think she gets a co-credit with Chris, and she, I'm not sure. Chris, Chris is actually Chris is the co-credit. Mallory wrote the story. Oh, okay. I'm pretty uh, sure Chris wrote the stuff with the alien. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole like doctors, a massive doctor speech thing. He, does he does. William ever sort of do there's any one, he, massive? He, there's he he gives he does a speech to Vicky in the rescue, and there's also the they're all gone speech in the massacre. I really like the speech he gives. It, well, it's not really a speech; it's just a moment in the tenth planet where you, you know, where he talks to the something. Emotions. emotions. Love, pride, hate, fear. Have you no emotions, sir? Yeah, that's a good. One. <laughs> because whenever any, whenever anybody thinks a speech from one, all they yeah. ever think is, "I will come back." Yes. Uh, I've got. I've that got. Did you like my it really bad Bill impression I, there? I've got. <laughs> I've got a, a friend who does a really good first doctor impression, and I'm not. Every, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to do it. In the room. <laughs> every time me and him talk, we have took the absolute mick out of William Hartnell. I'm not even going to tell you the stuff that we said. 
Well, Luke Lane, the other day on a Zoom, which I'm going to put up for 1am call on TikTok today, done the, done the first Doctor speech as a Dalek. And Katie at the end just goes, why did I get teary? <laughs> but Dalek's master plan is a really emotional episode because they're saying goodbye to the supreme Dalek. He's going to stay on Earth and die. <laughs> I will come back. Yes. Bye-bye, Ma Mavic Chen. We'll see you again as Tobias Vaughn. I do, I do think that we do, like, that's one of my favourite things about each Doctor. They always get that, like... Um, defender of Earth speech, or at least nowadays. I mean, actually, no, they did in the classic as well. And it's one of my absolute favourite qualities of the Doctor. This is this is one this is one thing I can say. Like most Doctors, yeah. like Eleven, yeah. you yeah, think I, of Wings I of Akatan, don't you? That's the the speech. Or yeah. or or Pandora opens. Um, Five. Um, that moment in Earthshock. Yeah, yeah. I do think of Earthshock. This I'm is thinking, the thing. Actually, this is no, the, the, we're we're about... the cyber leader at Earthshock. The yeah, speech about right. smelling a flower, eating a well-prepared meal. It's not well written, but it's a, it's, it's a, actually it's, it's still a very nice scene. It, have you have you watched the, the DVD? I say, but he, this is one this is one thing five this is one thing five lacks for me because I know I say five is my favourite Doctor, but he never has a eleven. Hands flung up in the air, proclaiming yeah. his Colin love for planet Earth. Colin has Earth. lots of that because he's just that. But just he's that. He's boisterous. Well, that, oh uh, yes, because I he's Colin. Colin. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of too. Do you yeah. guys think Jodie's had her speech yet? Because I, no. I think she's getting close, but she hasn't um, had it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, she's like tipping on the edge, isn't she? She's like tick. Killing it, she's nearly it's there, and then it's like, Oh, come on, keep going. Come on. To have no impact on screen, and like, no, she needs to have that impact. It's normally just, it's normally just something, I something, do. something in it, fam. Because yeah. that's the thing, I, 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 I do, think she I do. <laughs> and then they kind of just like let her down a little. I mean, I love Jeremy, I'm not, I'm gonna defend her, yeah, no, I really will. Uh, but I, oh, yes. I, I, I do. Very, it, it's missing. Yeah. It's like it's from, there, but it's missing. That from one... what I've heard of the other media she's been in, it's the problem is solely in the writing because people have written a really likable Thirteenth Doctor, and apparently the Titan comic series. Yeah, but that's the thing. I've seen her really on stage. Good. I saw her in a play, and that that woman can act rings around yeah. anyone. The, the problem isn't Jodie. Mm -hmm. The problem is I, arguably Chibnall. <laughs> I I do like that that scene in the woman who fell to earth when. Uh, when Yaz says, like, have you got any family men? She says, no, I, I lost them a long time ago and I can relate to that sort of speech because uh, my dad passed away a few years ago and, yeah, it's just something I can just relate to. But this is the thing about all the Doctors because I think this is why it spreads such over such a, a wide range of generation is there's usually yeah. something that yeah, you definitely. can connect yeah. to with yeah. each doctor i don't think there's a single one that i don't like like as a long-term doctor who fan every single one i'm like i no. have a quality i might yeah. not like your episodes but there's something yeah. i like about each one maybe three yeah. i don't i don't see myself connected <laughs> I struggle with three. I've, yeah, I've really, I I've tried. I've really, really I, tried. Yeah, I really like Curse of Peladon. <sighs> and I really, and I, 
And I really like Doctor Who and the Silurians, but never seen that. It's just. It's not because of Pearl. Three is my. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Adam, Adam, what do you feel about Pearl? Oh. I love him. Are you gonna see? He's great. Yes, but this is. No, but it's not. Yeah, but we're not saying that yeah, we don't yeah. like him. It's just yeah. we can't. We can't find that oh, connection. Yeah. He's he's weird. You because, know. Well, his, his whole era is quite strange because you go from companions like Zoe and Liz, and Zoe's brilliant. And Zoe's the, like this emblem of feminism that mm. you know Doctor really needs, particularly in the sixties yeah. when they need to fix that image. Oh God! And then, but then Wendy, you get to Shaw, who's yes, that Zoe is, <laughs> but like is pushed to the side constantly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no but I think that's that's nothing to do with John though. That's more the companions. But yeah, I do think the fact that they go from the fact that they go from intelligent, I can beat the hell out of people, Zoe, to I'm yeah. gonna fall over that branch. She's you know? she's, I love Katie Manning. She's lovely, though. but I hate the oh, reason why Joe Branch exists. Yeah, she's Frodo Rose Tyler. Katie Manning is lovely. Not the best decision. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's Somebody has to. Back. Like, if I watch Rose, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going on the future side of things, the modern Doctor Who. If I watch Rose now, I'm like, eh, right? But when yeah. I was younger, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. And that's kind of how I see Pat and that side of the companions. The... I'm really... <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, oh, go on, I was Adam. just saying, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, the next Warmaster box set with uh, them, with Joe yes. and Niffa meeting the Master. Mm-hmm. Can, can, yep. can we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't talk right now because I'm so excited. <laughs> Literally, as soon as I like Zach sent me the clip, and I was just we like, <laughs> take my money now. I love Devin, Nessa, a character with the Master. Oh yeah. Oh, it is so, it's a confrontation that's needed to be I'm surprised it took this long when, 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 it, when they've had Jeffy time. Beavers for all these years, but I'm very happy well, they're doing it. I think I think because of timelining issues, you, you either have... I, I, I think that most writers are uncomfortable having the Master know about the Doctor's future. Mm. Uh, like what, when they, when they write the master into stories, it, it's quite uncomfortable. But mm. like, because you have to work around things, you you can't have the master know things that the doctor doesn't know yet. And it, I think they run into that issue, so they've been wary of using beavers in that way, because that that but moment then, but then, but... right at the end, yeah. where they. Speaking about um, Big Finish stuff, yep. has anybody yep. listened to any of the first uh, Doctor audios? I was going to bring this one up when we got to when we got to. Yeah, Ian, I got but, the 3B one. But I think his best characterization is in the Big Finish audio, Farewell Great Mastodon. It was, there was going to be that, it was going to be uh, on TV, it was going to be what they were going to do instead of Marco Polo, and I think he gets the best, he gets the best things to do there. Yeah, I've I've heard really good things about Farewell Great Master. After the first Doctor lost in general, William Russell and Peter Purvis are generally the big their main first Doctors. But I'd say Peter Purvis Peter Purvis embodies the Twinkle more, and David Bradley as well. David Bradley. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, Bradley's box sets because I never understood why they needed to bring back. They didn't. The the non-surviving cast first. 
How do you how do you feel how do you feel about David Bradley's representation of Bill in I think he's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, veteran space and time. Yeah, I loved it too. And twice upon a time. Yeah. twice upon a time is a different is a different thing. He's done right. And, and Big Finish just wrote him, wrote him as the first Doctor, which yeah. is to be expected. Well, that, I, I'm tempted to listen to that solely because of that reason, that I know Big Finish can handle this and will probably give him very good writing. Mm. I just never understood the need to recast They do There isn't. They literally just they literally just made the box set because they wanted to do something with the Adventure in Space and Time cast. Yeah. This is before, they, <laughs> this is before Twice Upon a Time was even a thing, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I remember it because it was... I remember it coming out. I wasn't a Big Finish fan at the time, but... Uh, I remember. I remember. Going, oh, well, they're also, using also William. Also, William Russell is getting is getting on years now. Sorry. Also, That's William Russell is again. getting on years. He's in his nineties <laughs> now, so it's a bit more. Well, yeah. His birthday was last Thursday, I think. Uh, it, I, I was surprised. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, was recently. To, to the anniversary. Uh, do you know the thing? Do you know the thing I love about Adventure in Space and Time? It's just seeing yeah. the wrong stuff, that, the stuff well, that the went wrong. Right, they shot the unedited pilot. The <laughs> I, I, I love the respect it shows to the first yeah. Doctor era, and it, it's my wider issue with an Adventure in Space and Time, uh, or non, uh, with t Twice Upon a Time, because an Adventure in Space and Time shows such a level of respect and reverence for the first Doctor and his era, while not ever showing really any clips Definitely. from stories being played out yeah yeah and twice upon a time has a reenactment of a scene with david bradley uh the very end of the 10th planet they, and it just doesn't work they actually um they for adventure in space and time they actually did they, they actually did a couple of reenactments of some scenes as extras they had david bradley reenact the merry christmas to all of you at home, yeah I, I, i've seen i've seen that clip which i'm very glad he did do you know but that's one thing I that's one thing to say that's one thing I loved. Like Ben said, it's just little things like the those gigantic <laughs> bee people just like sat in the back of shop. Oh, <laughs> it's like if you know, it's one of those yeah. nods though. It's that like if you know, point. you know nod, and I love that sort of stuff. Yeah, like in well, no, it's just like little nods that like I'm going to talk about Crimson Horror because it's my favourite eleven, and oh, obviously yeah. that has the line Braveheart Clara in it, which made. I know, yeah. which made a lot of classic Who fans <laughs> very, very excited. I liked in Matt Smith's Yorkshire accent. <laughs> I, I think we, we must be the only people who like Crimson Horror because it just gets bashed I love it. all I love, the time. I love that. I love I that. I love it. Diana Rigg in that house. She was just chewing the scenery yeah. the entire time. D Diana Rigg being Diana Rigg. And um, I'm looking back now. Die! Die! <laughs> I, I feel like Crimson Horror has a slight kind of <laughs> classic feel, and that's why we might like it. Yeah. <laughs> a well, that's why I think. Yes. That, that's why I think people love. No, the, I, put, I think it might and, be. Uh, is it before the uh, under under the lake and before the floods? Yeah. That pe people love that because it feels really like a path. It is like, the base on a yeah. story. Yeah, it, it really has that feel to it, but with a bit more. You know, we've moved on from that. We can throw a bit more uh, curveballs into it. Mm. We have to make it modern. <laughs> Sorry, since Adam said, since Adam mentioned this, the Yorkshire accent, <laughs> went to mill, problem at mill. <laughs> we had roller coasters. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 o
I know, I know what it is. What is it? The crimson horror. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. That episode. <laughs> right, so we're spinning for the episode we will be watching next week, and spinning. Never has a Doctor Who moment been more tense. I feel like we're waiting for a regeneration. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Like <laughs> Auntie Mabel the pirate. We've had um, Ben, Lauren, Adam, and Zach on this week. So yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's it. We're done. That's we a great wrap up, isn't it? <laughs> I should probably come up with something better than that. <laughs> Goodbye now, children. children. Say goodbye now, children. Goodbye. Good friends, goodbye. (laughs) So, I put all the Doctor Who episodes into a roulette wheel, and out of all those episodes, one from each doctor was chosen so i put all those episodes on another roulette wheel and each week we're going to be spinning the wheel and i'll be telling you what episodes will we be talking about next week so maybe you could join in and watch along so you kind of get what we're talking about even though we are going to have the tendency to go off on a tangent because that's how we roll with these podcasts So next week we will be watching Enlightenment, which is a Fifth Doctor adventure. So if you want to maybe check it out, do so. They're on BritBox and apparently some of them are on Daily Motion as well. So it'd be great if you could watch along with us essentially.